You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. It's episode 16 of The Boost with my guest, Austin Armstrong, founder and CEO of Syllabi and founder and CEO of Socialty Pro. Let's go. All right. Welcome to The Boost conversations with people promoting mental health. I'm really stoked to be here with Austin Armstrong. He's the founder and CEO of Syllabi. He's the founder and CEO of Socialty Pro. He was just named the president of the local Rotary Club in DC in DuPont Circle, uh, which is really cool um, organization. And he's at the helm there. So uh, Austin, it's wonderful to be with you today. How are you doing? Steve, I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It, it's been awesome listening to, to episodes and, and seeing this come from uh, ideation to where you are today. This is awesome, man. Yeah, we keep rocking. And uh, I've been meaning to have you on the show for a long time. So uh, it's it's really cool. People are lining up to be guests on this show. And uh, I was afraid to do it at the beginning. You know, it's the whole imposter syndrome thing getting on camera. What am I going to say? Uh, I was super nervous the first episode and here I feel so much different uh, about the approach. It's much more natural. So thank you for the kind words. And uh, I am really stoked to have you on. We've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, that, that's just a great analogy for all things in life, right? Like when you start something new, it's always scary. Like, you know, when I started doing videos many, many years ago, they're all crap. And, you know, your lighting's terrible and, and the audio is terrible and you're over communicating and you're putting on an act and all these crazy things. But then you the more you do it, the better you get, the more comfortable you are. And then ultimately, because you're getting better, you see better results and success metrics behind it. And that's just everything that you do in life. So. Yeah, you just start, you form a baseline and then you try to improve. Uh, I remember I worked at a creative agency, like a marketing firm, and I won't name the name, uh, but we were going through the archives of the marketing that they did for themselves. And the early years, it looked so bad. It was almost laughable. Like we had a chuckle out of it, but that's fine, you know, because you should be improving. Like if you're, if you're actually doing the work, um, not that every day is up and to the right, you know, you hit some plateaus, you take a step backwards sometimes, but once you start, then it's incredible, at least with this podcast as an example, or the conference I run as an example, like you just keep leveling up if you stay focused to the process and doing the work and even happy accidents, you know, like when I'm video editing, I'll make a mistake and then I'll realize, oh, that's kind of a hack, actually, if I use it this other way instead of what I just did sometimes. So, yeah, that's fascinating. Oh, I love happy accidents. Uh, <laughs> we got to go off on a tangent on this, but one time I, uh, I, I made uh, some sort of I mispronounced a word in a video or something like that. And uh, that video happened to go viral because of the mispronunciation. And people ran to the comments to, you know, correct me and assert their own egos. And 
and uh, tease me and make fun of me. But like, little do they know that their over engagement of that is what fueled the virality of it. And that caused an aha moment for me of like, oh, all platforms care about is engagement. So uh, that's when I started to sneak in little engagement hacks of purposely mispronouncing words or sneaking in different little engagement hacks like that. And that has been insane. Literally just this last year, I've gained 2 million followers online because of a happy accident. A happy accidents can do incredible things for you. But That's you'll never really get to that point. Try and jump in, rip that bandaid off. Yeah. Yeah. And be comfortable failing or making mistakes. Uh, I, I, yeah, there's so much to talk. This might be a two part series with you. Um, we've got, we got so much to talk about and I want to get to what you're doing, the work you're doing. It's super exciting. And, um, and you've got big plans, uh, for syllabi and more, but, um, yeah, I was watching this, this presentation. It was at like a local marketing, you know, marketing association. And the guy was a body language expert and he had worked with like the FBI and stuff. And, um, every once in a while in his deck, he, he would put a slide in that was upside down and he would just like click it and then click to the next one, which was that same slide, but right side up. And I know for certain that he did that because everybody in the audience like woke up for a second was like, Oh, that's wrong. You know, people love to point out <laughs> where you're wrong. And, uh, and it kind of wakes everybody up for a minute. So that was a, a learning lesson for me to be like, yeah, actually that was probably an intentional by design mistake, quote unquote. But yeah, I mean, you can't do much better than being imperfect and being, you know, human and fallible. Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, now I might work in an upside down slide. Uh, <laughs> at, at, <laughs> you should try it. Yeah. In your vertical videos, just have like a quick two second, you know, yeah. upside down shot and people are like, oh, that was wrong. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll make it really meta. I'll talk about making purposeful mistakes and then I'll have a slide of, of it being upside down and just see if people piece it together. That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, we're off to the races, but before we jump in uh, anymore, let's um, knock off a couple of questions that we love to do just at the start. So it's the virtual hug and the shameless plug. So the virtual hug is Austin. Tell us somebody or something you're grateful for today. The the first person that comes to mind is absolutely uh, my wife. Uh, we just she's just a rock star badass. Um, I we just moved into a new house this week. I am not handy. That is my. Uh, weakest point. I am just not a handy person and she absolutely is. And so I'm just, you know, tell me, you know, what to do. I'll add some muscle to it. I'll do the best that I can, but she's just super crafty, super handy. She's been doing amazing projects all around the house to get us a lot farther. I'm so thankful for her. And that's, that's my, my, uh, big hug. Beautiful. Same on the handiness spectrum, man. I am, that is not my forte. I can do the heavy lifting. Uh, I cannot do the most anything yeah, else. Yeah. So put me in front of a computer and, and I'll make a million <laughs> yeah. bucks, but I can't, I can't touch a, you know, yeah. Give me a hammer and nails and I'm useless. <laughs> yeah. 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 Video. Great idea guy. Great. Um, yeah. We don't all have to be everything. You know, there's like a little tiny bit of shame in there for me, or there was for a while, like, Oh, I'm not like my father-in-law who can whatever fix the gutters or whatever i'm like no it's just not me it's just i don't need to be that um but i do love your virtual hug that's that's fabulous and um 
I'm grateful for you. You you actually got me into vertical video, um, dipping my toe more into that water, uh, especially on LinkedIn. I'll do these like morning walks and just shoot two or three minutes, um, sometimes less, sometimes more, just some ideas off the top of my head. And that was a direct result of you. So you're making a ton of impact in people's lives. Um, tell us about, in this shameless plug segment of this show, Tell us about the work that you're doing. Talk about Socialty Pro. Talk about Syllabi and um, let the people know what you're up to. Yeah, well, well, thank you so much. Firstly, I'm, I'm just glad that I'm able to make an impact. Uh, I, I love what I do and I'm just inspired when I'm able to help people. That's that's the whole reason I do what I do. Uh, so Socialty Pro is a, a digital marketing agency. We are entirely organic focused. Uh, we have very much expertise in the behavioral health space. We've worked with a lot of different businesses, but that's really our, our bread and butter. Uh, we know the inside out addiction treatment marketing, uh, group practice marketing, behavioral health, clinical psychologist, LMFT, interventionist, everything in that space. We just know how to market them from the ground up. Uh, we really have an expertise in uh, short form vertical video marketing, like you were saying, Steve. So. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, when, when I started my agency, Socialty Pro, I took to TikTok. It was like the hottest platform that was out. And I'm like, I'm going to use this new platform uh, to figure it out and just talk about the things that I know and the services that we offer. And that sort of uh, exploded. It just kind of worked. Um, and so TikTok sort of exploded. I was the TikTok guy for, for a long time. Uh, that's really what I talked about at the conference last year is, is TikTok uh, marketing strategies. And um, I leverage that success to, to grow across all of the other uh, social media platforms that have embraced vertical video. And because of all of that success, other businesses started you know, asking, like, you've had so much success with this short form vertical thing. Can you help us out? And of course, we started to adapt that and, and roll that out. And we've we've gotten uh, over a dozen uh, accounts past the 100,000 subscriber mark, all organic uh, on TikTok. Many, many of them are in the behavioral health uh, space. We've worked with very large uh, addiction treatment centers, some of the largest uh, in the country and, and in the world. Uh, and we also have an SEO side of things uh, on, our, on our agency as well. And we've, we're very proficient with SEO. But that whole experience of running video marketing uh, campaigns and, and doing social media. I've been doing social media marketing for 18 years. I started back on, on MySpace. Um, there's, there's a streamlined process that's a repeatable process that you can implement. And uh, the problem is that, um, you know, a lot of service-based businesses in, in various industries, not just the behavioral health space, or maybe, you know, the new therapist that just hit the market, they don't have a lot of budget uh, to hire. Uh, an expensive agency to hire uh, a dedicated team to hire a social media manager under them to get their word out. And then they also don't have the time or maybe even the know-how of how to market themselves, how to you know develop a content strategy, how to uh, edit videos, how to shoot videos, the time to post across all of those platforms. And so all of these problems uh, we really streamlined with the advancements of artificial intelligence and software getting more and more powerful. We took all of the experience and processes from Socialty Pro and, and years of digital marketing experience, and we streamlined that and really made it one one hundredth of the cost of what our agency costs. And that's what ultimately has become Syllabi. 
So syllabi shows you the top questions that your customers are searching for online in any industry. You could type in like EMDR therapy and it's going to show you all of the questions that people search for around EMDR therapy as an example. It'll then generate you video scripts around those questions so you know exactly what to say on camera uh, to reach those people that will resonate with them. You can uh, create an AI avatar with it as well. So if you don't like being on camera or you're just not feeling creative uh, that day, no problem. Uh, you can use one of our avatars that's in the system uh, to read that script. It looks like a human, sounds like a human, uh, reads that video script. And then we have a content calendar and consistency tracker as well. So you can organize all of the, the topics in there and, uh, and keep yourself accountable and, and consistent. You can mark a video off. It's kind of gamified a little bit. And, and we're actually working on, we're rolling out, um, uh, it's, it's basically deep faking, but we're calling it digital twins of yourself. So we can create a virtual Steve that's exclusive in your syllabi account. So you can know what topics people are searching for, generate a script, have your likeness and clone your voice to make that video for you in minutes rather than hours, days, weeks and schedule it out to all of your social media platforms, all in one process. So that's my long shameless plug for syllabi. The best shameless plugs are long and shameless. Uh, that's that's great. It talks us through uh, kind of how you started in the behavioral health space, uh, at least as a major focus with Socialty Pro. And you kind of did the long division and the arithmetic, and now you're plugging in some AI tools and you're doing the work for people to aggregate and, um, you know, kind of curate the right tools to help somebody who is limited on time, limited on budget, limited on expertise, perhaps probably the three biggest challenges we have. I certain I, that certainly hits home, resonates with me. Uh, I need to get on, uh, you invited me a, too long ago to get on the syllabi. I need to do it. Um, and just hearing you describe it, I mean, selfishly, the, just the wheels are turning like, oh man, you have really built something of value, high value. And I would consider, you're, a, you're an early adopter, right? I mean, would you consider yourself in that kind of part of the bell curve? Oh my gosh, yeah. Th th threads dropped and uh, I signed up two hours later. Uh, I, <laughs> and I, you I, have 45,000 followers now on threads, you said? Yeah, 45,000 on threads, which is wild. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm er, I'm definitely early to uh, to adopt and, and test, and then you know double down on what I see working as any good marketer should do. Yeah, yeah, you're a zero to one person too. You know, you you can build things from the ground up. You know, you're the you're the founder and CEO of both of these companies. Um, I think of that logarithmically. Of course, there's the great book Zero to One, which is a wonderful um, read. Um, I fit myself into the one to 10 category. So I can, I can spot a syllabi out in the wild. And this is a perfect example. And it's why you're in a capital raise right now. And you're going to find investors. Um, if there's any investors listening, call Austin, um, talk to me about, uh, who Austin is as a person and, and how, how it is to work with Austin, uh, if you need, but you don't need me go directly to Austin. So that's my, there's my shameless plug for you is oh, that, um, uh, 
I would, I, I think you're, you're somebody who I would um, bet big early on and walk away and just watch what happens. So, but I'm a one to 10 person. So like an example is when I got involved in the conference, um, just the radar went off. I was like, this is clearly home rolled and super valuable to the market and especially valuable. I'm always thinking about this tidal wave picture of, um, What's the technology doing? What's society doing? What's the economy doing? And that's that triple wave that I think moves things forward. And you are at the cusp of it. I'm I'm sort of behind you. I watch to see the early adopters because a lot of them get chopped up um, in the churn. But um, the ones that can stay ahead of the wave like you, uh, you know, kudos to you. And I want all the success because you've earned it being out in the front with limited information which in which increases the risk reward certainly you know um, because you're nothing is certain so you have to place some bets and you have to make some guesses based on limited information and that's where your intuition or something inside you guides you um obviously because the market is demanding it i mean you have what you have 1600 customers you've done 10,000 trials on on uh syllabi and how how long when when did that open uh january 25th so a little less than six months ago so traction's been pretty amazing so far very blessed yeah that's awesome and that's a real those are real world dollars and cus paying customers that are using this service and benefiting from it so um yeah at this point i, I need to jump on jump in um to break it down for us because there's so much skepticism about AI and there's so much excitement about AI. Um, and even at this conference this year, um, we're thinking about doing a debate where we have a pro AI person and an anti AI person. So if you want to be in on that mix or, you know, somebody who's hyper skeptical, uh, or just yeah. as ultra curmudgeon about AI, I would love to talk to them too, because it's important to have both sides. I think of the conversation and that tension, but, Talk through generally, like give us an overlay of AI, the macro view as you see it, like what's happening, kind of what's the good that's coming out of it and, and what should we really be paying attention to? Like give us the signal and the noise for AI. Yeah. Firstly, I love that idea, by the way. I would love to just see that back and forth banter between pro and, and con. <laughs> that would just be, that would be awesome. Particularly in the behavioral health space. Like I would love to see that because there's so many amazing like AI chatbot tools that are coming out for your website and automatic response tools and, and whatnot. And does that take away from the personalization touch of why you reach out to a therapist in the first place? Uh, I digress there, but there's so many interesting things. So um, my big thought is that artificial intelligence is the biggest leap forward in technology since the internet itself has come out. Uh, we've seen you know, huge advancement, maybe even taking it back to the, the printing press was like a huge leap forward in, uh, um, in knowledge being, uh, um, shared across the world. Right. And then, uh, implement or, um, incremental increases in technology until the internet came out and then the internet, you know, connected the world in real time. Uh, and we've seen the advancements of just in the last 30 years, uh, vice versa, the last thousands of years, how fast that our society has grown. 
because of the internet, right? All of the advancements of shared information and technology. And now you look at artificial intelligence and how fast the adoption of ChatGPT has. That was, you know, now Threads uh, just like absolutely destroyed and dominated its record, but that's uh, a separate, uh, the, you know, a, a separate argument there if that's still in the same case or not. But um, yeah, ChatGPT, I think, reached uh, 100 million users worldwide in 30 days or something, something wild like that. And um, it just forced the uh, adaption of all of these other AI tools uh, to come out and, and move us forward. Uh, it's If you haven't used ChatGPT, I think that's the best intro point for everybody to start with, no matter what business or industry that you're in. Uh, and you can get more specific with it than, than you think. So at its like base level, it's kind of like a chatbot, but it's a, the most advanced chatbot you'll ever run into in your life because it's based on billions of data points. It's like having a, um, uh, a, uh, an assistant that you can talk to anytime uh, that has all of the world's information at your fingertips and can organize things for you and now has plugins uh, with other tools. So it speaks to other tools and all of these amazing things. But focus on the tasks that are tedious for you first or that could be enhanced by something rather than because there's like a thousand new tools coming out every month. But the reality is you don't need a thousand tools. You probably need one, two, maybe three tools to help your productivity get to that next level. For instance, a couple of tools that I use, uh, one of my favorites is called Otter uh, AI. Uh, what Otter does is it uh, it just sits in on my uh, my meetings, my Zoom calls, my Google Meets. It sits in and it, uh, it records everything. It's like an assistant. So it transcribes the entire conversation. It separates it by person. Uh, I can go in and search the transcript later. Uh, I can play audio clips from specific segments. It gives me highlighted points uh, of things that it suggests that I would be interested in. It emails me a summary of the conversation. It saves me so much time. Uh, and it's like having an assistant that's just they're typing in the background and not making the peak incredible tool. Um, I won't seamlessly plug syllabi, but there's so many other, you know, amazing tools that you can implement, uh, to save you a ton of time. Uh, we were talking about Opus clip, uh, beforehand too, you know, another amazing tool. If all you can do right now to create content is record a long podcast or, or create a long video, uh, you can just, uh, take that URL of the YouTube video paste it into uh, opus.pro and it'll automatically create 10 short vertical videos for you uh, using AI. It adds the subtitles on the screen. It um, zooms back and forth uh, the camera between uh, person A and person B talking and centers them in the screen. And it gives you a virality score behind that um, uh, clip that they've uh, segmented, right? So it, it suggests the potential of how well that that clip will perform. And literally all you did was copy and paste the URL of the video that you already shot. These are amazing tools. Now, just a word of potential caution for all of the skepticism out there is uh, it probably will uh, replace some jobs. It will uh, take over some um, 
data entry or, uh, you know, the industry that I, I think is being most impacted that's been in the news right now is legal. Uh, it's impacting lawyers uh, quite a lot because a lot of their job is data interpretation or reading through documents. Well, you can just upload a document into ChatGPT and say, summarize this and it'll do it in 10 seconds. You don't have to pay uh, $150 an hour to a lawyer uh, to, to, you know, analyze that document and break it down. But it's also, while it's going to uh, adjust and adapt various jobs, it's also going to create new jobs. So that's why it's so important to embrace this technology and just learn a little bit about it because it's going to, I think it's going to be a requirement for a lot of online software, uh, anything like, you know, any online oriented job that you work remotely for, you have to be proficient with just like your people are proficient with, um, Microsoft's uh, office suite of tools, Excel and PowerPoint, et cetera. Uh, you're going to now need to know some base level um, uh, prompt engineering or use uh, some AI tools because those people, I think, are going to replace the people that fight this technology. So to kind of summarize that, I don't necessarily think AI will replace that many jobs, but people who use AI will replace far more people that don't use AI. Just yeah. Thoughts there. Yep. Yeah. This is a watershed moment is what it feels like to me too. It's, it's interesting to hear you compare it to, you know, the press that like the Gutenberg press or the, you know, the, uh, when we were finally able to print books or the internet or AI, you know, those are big comparisons. Um, the car is one that you could probably compare this to, you know, uh, and you were talking about legal impact and lawyers, you know, what came to mind right before you said that for me was the courtroom transcriber, you know, the person who's just sitting there typing, I'm like gone courtrooms across the country running all day. Somebody sitting there typing, totally gone. Um, and, and there was this big worry about the internet too, you know, that it would sort of do away with a lot of work and it has, but it's almost like we're doing away with the type of work where, you know, it's, it's kind of under the hood, like, you know, and, and AI right now, you can kind of see the wires sticking out, you know, you can kind of see the, the engine running and it's going to get to the point where we kind of cover all that up, you know, like we did with the car. Like you don't actually need to be a mechanic in most cases, uh, you need to learn how to drive. And, um, you know, you don't even need to actually understand all of AI. And that's just my personal experience. Like I've, I've written press releases that landed me stories in business journals using AI through chat GPT. Um, I've written LinkedIn posts that did just as well or better than the ones that I think I could write on my best day using chat GPT. And after we record this, I'm going to throw it into Descript and it gives me a wonderful AI transcription. You know, it's, it's, it's a good 90 to 95% correct. And then I go in and I clean it up. Um, I pull clips and then, yeah, you recommended Opus clips and what a game changer, you know, for, for somebody like me, who's not on the bleeding edge of change to say, yeah, I'm going to give this a try and just see what my experience is rather than judging it without information. 
what a game changer where it pulls 10 or 15 clips based on the length and yeah it gives you this score so uh i'm sort of dumbfounded by it all but i've really enjoyed the benefits so far i mean of course there's doomsayers out there about ai and some very very smart well-informed people with that perspective so i certainly don't discount that um but it's just been a, a, a transform transformation of, of the way we work and the way we're going to work. Yeah. I'll give you another, just a short, interesting, uh, um, uh, example here is I, I recorded the same video, um, word for word, shot for shot, doing it myself. And I deep faked myself. So I have an AI avatar of, of myself that I can feed the scripts in and it can make me work. Same video, same length, same, just a complete A-B test of the real me versus the deep fake AI version of me. And the AI version of that video, 100x more views, went mm. viral on every platform. Crazy test. Wow. Wild. Yeah, I saw a LinkedIn post today that had me laughing because uh, the, he's a really good friend of mine and he, and he was talking about how this AI transformation is meaning that we need to be more human. Uh, the funny thing was that the the image he used was clearly some kind of mid journey, uh, like, <laughs> you know, picture of himself. And it looked, you know, it looked very, I could tell it was him for sure. It was him, except it had that AI gloss to it. And I thought, well, you know what? This is kind of a more interesting image <laughs> to me. <laughs> like I'm a little bit more engaged with this post uh, because it's AI uh, and not human. So I don't know quite what to think, but um, but it's funny. So so uh, so syllabi, you are you're focused still in the behavior, behavioral health space, but but um, you're using those learnings in other industries, right? I mean, it's not doesn't have to be just mental health. No, absolutely. So basically any, if you offer any sort of service and people are asking questions uh, about that, uh, syllabi will work incredibly well for you. Uh, cause okay. it's, it's just based on what people are searching for. It's that that's the whole baseline of it is, you know, answering questions, uh, for the people that you want to, to, to reach. Cause that's what really good digital marketing is. It's, it's understanding the pain point of, um, your user, your client, your buyer, um, the questions that they're asking and providing a solution for them, showing up uh, where they're at online and just staying top of mind and building trust and rapport by continuing mm -hmm. to provide incredible information. Trust and rapport, incredible information. So, uh, so I'm going to ask a question. We may edit this out if it goes south. Um, or, or you may say, I need to pay you, but, um, so look at my, so my personal brand has been growing over the last little bit. Um, but I've been focused on, you know, building this conference, but I've noticed as a result of simply giving, which is like right here as an example, like hosting a conversation where we put you in the spotlight, because I'm so excited about your work and the work that so many people are doing specifically in mental health and behavioral health and addiction. Um, just to continue to elevate the conversation. But what I've noticed is that I get it back tenfold um, in terms of views um, compared to me previously, like me last year pre-podcast. So, and it was definitely a minimum viable product, but let's say I, let's say I, um, let's say I subscribe to Syllabi tomorrow. Um, like what would you like analyze my personal or the conference brand? What would you, 
recommend? What would you say would be the the wins or the benefits that I would expect as somebody who runs an annual conference, runs a podcast that's working to get better every week? And then, you know, I'm, I'm just like in real time trying to figure out where to take this brand. There's not like a business play per se behind this podcast, but let, let, let's play the hypothetical. Yeah. So for the con, uh, the conference in particular, why do people attend the conference? They want to learn the best marketing strategies in the mental health and behavioral health space so that they can uh, stay ahead of the curve, get their information out there, uh, spread their expertise and knowledge. Um, because, you know, to circle back to what you said, I am a firm believer of um, just giving your, the, the ROI on giving incredible information and paying it uh, for free and, and paying it forward is incalculable. Incalculable. Yep. Let's go with that. But uh, it's just amazing. The the ROI of just being a good person and giving your best information away for free is is incredible. So um, that's the baseline of the of the conference, right? People want to know in the mental health space the best marketing strategies. And so you could, uh, firstly, you could just outline. There's a couple ways that you can use syllabi. If you just know some of the target keywords, or just go loose with like mental health marketing or drug rehab marketing, therapist marketing, you could type those into the content ideas section. And it's going to show you all of the related questions uh, around that target keyword. How can a therapist, how can a new therapist market their practice? What are the top marketing strategies for a drug rehab center? Uh, You know, things along the lines of that. It's going to give you a lot of data behind all of those questions. And then it'll generate you, you know, it'll take you through the whole process and the flow. It'll take, you know, generate your scripts for 30 or 60 second videos or two or five minute long videos if you want to do a YouTube video on that and then the avatar and the, and the whole nine yards. So that's the, the one way. If you just have a loose understanding of target keyword, target audience, what they're loosely interested in, um, basically like an SEO tool, but this is the most amount of work that you need to do on the platform. It's just entered a single keyword or two two words or something like that. It does the rest. Um, you can also bypass that step and say, uh, Steve, if you want to outline the top 50 questions that um, the the dream one or the dream 100 guests for mental health marketing conference would ask, um, you can just go to the calendar section, uh, create a new event, put that question in, that you typed up, it's not necessarily based on any data. We like to you know, present questions that have real-time data, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not a very topical question that is in the back of somebody's mind that they haven't been asking or searching for on like Google or search engine, right? So list those top questions and it'll still take you through that, that, that whole flow. So you can enter your own question in that you think that people should know a pain point and it'll still generate you a, a script for 30 or 60 seconds or two minutes or five minutes and create the video avatar of reading that script and scheduling it and the whole, the whole nine yards there. So, um, and then for pot, so that that's for the conference. So that's how I would use it for the conference. Um, for the podcast, um, I wouldn't necessarily use syllabi to promote your podcast. I'm going to give you some separate strategies for this. Uh, what you're doing with, uh, Opus is like the best thing to do because you can easily repurpose uh, those vertical video clips, uh, post those clips on TikTok, YouTube Shorts, Instagram Reels, Facebook Reels, Pinterest Idea Pins if you want, post it on LinkedIn, post it on Twitter now, 
Twitter just released uh, um, uh, creator monetization like today, by the way. So I, I saw know. that. And people getting paid on it. I mean, thousands of dollars. Getting paid on Twitter now. Uh, but yeah, just sharing those clips and then making it, you know, like linking to the podcast in your bio on all of those platforms can drive a lot of awareness and it's going to send them uh, interesting people that are that want to see the whole context of what that clip's talking about to your actual podcast. Another awesome strategy, I'll kind of end it with this, is um, planning ahead that knowing that you're going to clip segments out for short form in the podcast um, and having that opening hook, uh, really interesting information, closing segment, um, and repurposing that. So it's built for a short form platform. And uh, those are going to perform uh, much better, more consistently uh, on social, on uh, short form uh, vertical platforms. Uh, and then same thing, just to have your link very uh, available. So it's really simple for them to see your video, like the topic, want to learn more, click to click uh, to listen to the episode. Right. Mm. So that was yeah. Helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to throw open the curtain on the podcast and the conference in terms of there's so much more we could be doing better. So that was, that's helpful for me. Um, expose my own brand weaknesses. Uh, but you, you said a lot of interesting things in there. I know we're coming up on time, but you mentioned Pinterest. So you've got 3 million followers across your social platforms. You're on TikTok, you're on YouTube, uh, you're on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, right? LinkedIn, threads and Pinterest. So talk about the, the secret sauce of Pinterest. I don't hear that very often, yeah. but it sounds like you're getting some benefit out of it. Yeah. Pinterest is like the, the most slept on social media platform ever. It, it's incredible. It's like, uh, I, I like to describe it as like Instagram meets Google because people use it as a search engine, but what's displayed is a vertical format image or a video now. Uh, and particularly for the behavioral health industry and the demographic that's on Pinterest, it's really a match made in heaven. It's, it's incredible. So, uh, the, the demographic, like 60% plus of the demographic on Pinterest is, um, 35, 40 plus women, AKA the decision makers, right? The mothers, the spouses, the wives, uh, these are who make the call when their son, daughter, uh, a significant other is uh, struggling with substance abuse or mental health crisis or whatnot. Well, this is the platform of choice for them. So if you can create videos around and even pin uh, images um, around uh, the questions and topics that your customers are searching for, they're going to be found on Pinterest. So like one of the things that we've done for years in the behavioral health space is um, for every blog article, uh, that you post on your website, uh, long tail keyword, answering a question, you know, what are the signs of an addicted husband or something like that, right? Uh, create just a, a vertical image um, and go on Pinterest to like look at, you know, some examples of those images or whatnot, right? Um, have that image embedded in the actual website uh, blog article. And then on Pinterest, you're going to post that image, uh, have the headline that's the same headline as the blog article, have a little description. You can just copy and paste the meta description of that article for the SEOs listening to this podcast. And then that pinned image is linkable directly to the blog article. So anybody that's searching for, you know, 
how to help an, uh, an addicted spouse, right? Might see your image, the headlines there, the descriptions there. All they need to do is click on that image that takes them right to that blog article on that topic mm. where they can learn. And now videos uh, work really well uh, on Pinterest as well. The primary platform uh, or a format on Pinterest for short form vertical video is called idea pins. Uh, so these are not clickable, but they get incredible organic reach. So these are like uh, Instagram stories that stick around forever. It's a good way to, to say it. Um, so you can, if you have like a vert, a 60 second vertical video strategy or upload them on TikTok, Instagram reels, YouTube shorts, Facebook reels, um, just throw it up on Pinterest as an idea pen as well. Do the same thing, title it, add a description, and it's just going to reach your target demographic. Uh, it's going to get a lot of views. Um, even though it's not clickable, it gets a lot of views that causes them to follow your account, look at your profile. Uh, your profile will have a link to your website right there. And in, uh, you know, hopefully you have all of this other, uh, Pinterest strategy going on here. You have the, the images that link to your blog articles, right? So you're using the idea pins as the wave of come check out my channel and then click on the individual links to go to my website, learn more information, pick up that phone and call me because I'm top of mind. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. For as much, uh, for as much as we're all, we have sort of shiny, shiny thing disease with AI right now. And it's, it's paying off, you know, it's, it's not just a trick. There's so, so much amazing. So there's so many amazing things we can do with it. Uh, I, I do find myself going back to the Seth Godin quote, and he was talking about email marketing. This was years ago. And the title of the blog post was, bring me the stuff that's dead, please. And his point was that at the time, you know, email marketing was, had gone from being this incredibly exciting, kind of uh, thrilling, sexy way to, uh, you know, to overcome direct mail and to get right into somebody's new inbox. And for a while it was the shiny new thing. And then it kind of wore off, the luster kind of wore off and everybody said, oh, email's dead, you know? Okay, well, that's when we can start to use it. So your observation about uh, Instagram plus Google equals Pinterest um, combined with the demographics th th that's there and then some of the tools like idea pins that you mentioned, uh, there's, there's plenty of value that we can find in some of these platforms that have been around for a while, even though we're off maybe looking for the new thing. So that's that's also encouraging and exciting is that there's no shortage of opportunities or, or ways to meet the right people in the right place with oftentimes some incredibly valuable life-changing information. Like my spouse is dealing with substance abuse. You know, what do I do? Um, as well as whatever else we're focused on, you know, how, how else we're trying to make our life better. So that's, that's thrilling. It's exciting to talk with you, Austin. I know we're coming up on time here. We got to get to another call. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, and before we go, one last question is, um, tell us some, something you're either reading or listening to. It could be a new album. It could be a book. It could be a podcast. What is one piece of quote unquote content that you've either taken in recently or is on your short list or you're halfway through? Oh, that's a good on the spot question. Um, I 
Well, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, uh, not from an educational perspective, but uh, just a TV perspective is I um, black, the new season of black mirror just started, just started this season. And the the first episode of it is uh, alarming to me personally, because of the space that we're in. It's uh, the episode's called Joan is awful. And it is a, a very significant warning of AI uh, uh, and the importance of reading the terms and conditions before you sign up for a website. <laughs> I won't spoil it for anybody, but I'm watching it with my wife and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is like kind of what we're doing, but five years before this, oh my gosh, am I going to like be the, the downfall of society? Like, I don't know. That's a, you know, interesting issue. Um, I certainly hope not. Uh, everything I do is to, is to help people, but uh, it, it just, it, it raised some very interesting questions and thoughts about um, morals uh, and, and fair use rights of your likeness. Um, fascinating stuff. If you haven't watched Black Mirror, it is just so deeply accurate uh, predictions uh, of where our society will go based on technology, but kind of based on the worst possible scenarios. Sure. Yeah. I have not seen that episode. I've seen the show. I haven't seen that episode. So I'll, uh, I'll check that out. And it's great to have that tension. You know, it's like this, it's like the superhero problem. It's like, are you using your powers for good or for evil? You know, like what, and, and then there's, there's the concept of ignorance and evil have oftentimes the same outcome. So, you know, it's important to be educated and informed about what these tools can do. And uh, sometimes the unknown unknowns get us in the most trouble. But, um, you know, on that note, that's a good asterisk, a good footnote for this conversation and our awareness about AI. Um, but Austin, I really appreciate you being on the show. It's been fun. The time has flown by. So thanks for coming on The Boost. Yeah, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you, man. I'm looking forward to seeing you in person again at the conference this year. Yes, me too. I'll see you in September, and I hope you have a good one. You too, friend. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.